From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, October 1st. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, Native American tribes with ancestral links to Cahokia Mounds say making it a national park would help preserve the ancient mounds in Illinois for future generations. I want my grandchildren and their children to be able to go up there. I want them to be able to to go to that spot and see what I see. St. Louis Public Radio's Mary Leonard talks to Native Americans about the proposed Cahokia Mounds National Park. First, the news. A controversial housing development in St. Charles near the Katy Trail has cleared its last major hurdle. As St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, St. Charles County Council voted last night to approve the project. The proposed Missouri Bluffs development would build more than 200 homes on forested land owned by the University of Missouri near the Katy Trail in St. Charles County. The St. Charles County Planning and Zoning Commission rejected the proposal twice in the past year and a half, citing concerns over increased traffic, lack of parking, and the steepness of the roads. But the St. Charles County Council overrode that decision last night, voting to approve the project. Missouri Sierra Club Director John Hickey says they're exploring strategies to stop the development, including legal action. Developments like Missouri Bluffs will be fought every step of the way. The county council received more than 170 letters opposing the project. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. A federal judge is ordering Ameren, Missouri to install air pollution control devices at power plants in Festus and Labadee. U.S. District Judge Rodney Sippel's decision follows his 2017 ruling that Ameren violated the Clean Air Act by upgrading equipment at the Rush Island Energy Center. That upgrade caused increased sulfur dioxide emissions, a toxic gas that can cause asthma. Sierra Club representative Andy Knott says the ruling is a victory for human health and the environment. It's really just time for Ameren to move on and stop dragging its feet and clean the air that hundreds of thousands of people in the region are breathing. Ameren spent about $600 million to install sulfur scrubbing devices at its West Alton plant in 2010. A spokesperson for the company says it plans to appeal yesterday's ruling. Amateur astronomers are installing devices throughout Missouri to measure how much artificial lighting brightens the night sky. As St. Louis Public Radio's Eli Chen reports, the Missouri chapter of the International Dark Sky Association wants to help people observe stars more clearly. The group is concerned about how artificial lighting at night affects stargazing, human health, and animals like moths that are sensitive to light. So they're placing devices called sky quality meters at a dozen sites, including Bromelsick Park in Defiance and Jefferson College in Hillsborough. Chapter President Don Ficken says many areas of the Midwest are still very dark, but satellite imaging shows that light pollution in the U.S. is increasing. It's like a light tsunami heading our way, and I think it's going to go over us and go into Kansas and and continue on. So if we can slow it down, that's a really good thing. Ficken wants to use the data to encourage state and city officials to reduce light pollution. I'm Eli Chen, St. Louis Public Radio. Thanks for listening to The Gateway. Help us spread the word. Tell your friends you listen or just write a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks. Native American tribes with ancestral links to Cahokia Mounds support legislation to make the ancient mounds in Illinois a national park. The 2,200-acre historic site in Collinsville protects more than 70 mounds built by the ancient Mississippians 1,000 years ago. 
St. Louis Public Radio's Mary Leonard has the story. Members of the Chickasaw Nation of Oklahoma are at Cahokia Mounds demonstrating stomp dance, a tradition the tribe has passed down for generations. The Chickasaws trace their ancestry to the ancient Mississippians, who built and lived atop earthen structures at Cahokia Mounds and throughout much of what is now the Midwest and southeastern United States. Angela Griffin of Belleville is in the audience on a recent Saturday learning about her Chickasaw heritage. She says visiting Cahokia Mounds has become more meaningful as she delves into her own family history. I used to come here as a child when I was in school, but just on a field trip. I'm looking at it in a different light. Griffin says Cahokia Mounds has never gotten the recognition it deserves as one of the world's most significant cultural sites. But she believes that could change if the site becomes a national park. I feel that that is one thing that would benefit not only the Chickasaw Nation or any of the other Indian nations for giving a piece of history, you know, for our children. Native American tribes that can trace their ancestries to the Mississippians no longer live near the mounds the ancients built one basketful of dirt at a time. Starting in 1830, the federal government forced the tribes to relocate to the Indian Territory, which is now Oklahoma. Scott Bighorse of the Osage Nation says the proposed Mississippian Culture National Historic Park would better preserve and protect the mounds for future generations. I want my grandchildren and their children to be able to go up there and see. And when they go back and they read some of the things that I have written down throughout my lifetime, and I want them to be able to, to go to that spot and see what I see. In 2009, the Osage bought Sugarloaf Mound in South St. Louis, the last surviving mound in the city. Sugarloaf is one of hundreds of satellite mounds that once surrounded Cahokia, and it's part of the proposed park. Logan Pappenfort is second chief of the Peoria Tribe of Indians of Oklahoma. He's in awe every time he visits Cahokia Mounds. It is a little bit of a coming home journey for myself, especially when you take that walk amongst Mount and you are on top where the chieftain would have been. and You get a full idea and breadth of the scope of this Mississippian civilization. Pappenfort has been working for several years with the preservationists who provided the research behind the National Park legislation. He credits the researchers for including Native American tribes in the process. We have had a voice, which is something that you cannot always say as a tribe, unfortunately. Chris Craig of Belleville says it was inspiring to be at Cahokia Mounds watching the Chickasaw Troop perform the music and dance of her people. She traces her own Chickasaw ancestry to her great-grandmother. I've been here in the mounds before when they had some of the authors, and you're always like, okay, so how do we as modern Indian people relate to the prehistoric? And that's hard to connect, but then we have our dance troupe that was here today connect the dots. The Cahokia Mounds National Park would be a partnership between the National Park Service and state and local agencies. Illinois would retain ownership of Cahokia Mounds. Reporting from Collinsville, I'm Mary Leonard, St. Louis Public Radio.
Our David Casares edited that report, and it's the final story from Mary Leonard as a full-time reporter at St. Louis Public Radio. She's been with us for more than five years after spending decades at newspapers and online outlets throughout the region. She's a great reporter, fantastic colleague, and wonderful person. We wish her all the best as she moves on to a new chapter. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.